Comics are old. Really old. Comics are so old that they remember avocados as a fruit and not a currency. Comics are so old that they call the good old days... Days. Then you have to sift through the number of comics that have been made. And we don't have a sieve designed for objects that size in those huge numbers that could keep the precious pages in mint condition. No one does! More comics have been made than the number of men who don't realise Fight Club is satire, but still listed as their favourite movie. I'm Amy Garvey-Eckett. I'm Michael Garvey-Eckett. I'm Adam Sharif. I'm Robin Harmon, and we are your Encarta Mind Mayors at Comic Book Classroom. The podcast which condenses comic book history into a fun format to act as your North Star in the lonely, haunted woods that is comics. This time on Comic Book Classroom, we'll be studying Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Sabrina the Teenage Witch is a pop culture icon, having appeared in three animated series, three TV movies, a beloved live-action television sitcom, which ran for seven seasons, and is about to have a new live-action show on Netflix. And like the star of the hit sitcom, we're going to explain it all. Sabrina is now a 56-year-old teenager, having been created in 1962 by writer George Gladier and artist Dan DiCarlo. So she's now as old as the people they get to play teenagers on TV. Only magic could keep her looking this young for so long. Sabrina was created for a short story in an issue of Archie's Madhouse. If you're mostly familiar with Archie comics through the TV show Riverdale, you'll be shocked to find that the 60s comics have a lot more wholesome hijinks and a lot less shirtlessness. That first story acts as an introduction to the teen witch, her familiar Salem, who is an orange cat, and head witch Della, who demands Sabrina cause chaos amongst her classmates. But Sabrina is content to hang out with classmates, cause a few minor hexes, and most importantly, avoid falling in love, or she'll risk the head witches turning her human. This, as well as details about her not being able to float or cry, quickly go out the window, because teen comics in those days centred around the drama of chasing boys. Compared to girls' real-life drama of worrying that boys will literally chase you. Sabrina continues to pop up in Archie comics throughout the 60s, and her shorts start developing the world around her. It's a little bit of a mess as they throw out ideas. There's the aforementioned Della, the head witch who lambasts Sabrina for not being a proper witch and not causing enough chaos. Sabrina, of course, being too distracted by boys. Backing Della up in this campaign is Sabrina's fairy witch mother, which seems like a quirky way of saying witch who guides Sabrina. They introduce the character of Rosalind, who battles with Sabrina for the affections of the boys. And then quickly transition Rosalind into a friend of Sabrina's, who is also a teenage witch. Definitely a conscious metaphor of discovering power and sisterhood, rather than dividing women using men. Before the fairy witch mother has a chance to say bippity-boppity-bye, the role of guardian and guider is filled by an aunt. Mostly called Aunt Hilda, but sometimes Aunt Zelda. She's a more traditional-looking witch. Black cloak, pointy hat and nose. You get the idea. <laughs> At the tail end of the 60s, the supporting cast and the world become a little more solidified into what they will be for a few decades to come. Two aunts, an Aunt Hilda and an Aunt Zelda. Both more traditional witches. Hilda thinks Sabrina's too nice and wishes she was more witchy. Zelda just seems like a pleasant old lady. And one boy... The boy is introduced as the object of Sabrina's affection. Ah, oh, Harvey Kinkle. A simple, good-natured boy whose defining feature is his clumsiness. Harvey has broken more tables and chairs than a professional wrestler. 
It's in these issues as Yellen begins to speak and she... Wait, she? Oh, yes, when first gendered, Salem is referred to as female, but by the end of the year, Salem is firmly male. You could have phrased that a little better, dude. Comics at this time were a little more relaxed around continuity as they were figuring out what worked best. If you told them that 50 years later people would be agonising over these story differences for the entertainment of listeners over the radio, they would have thought you were being ridiculous. And now that I've read almost 1,000 pages of Sabrina comics so that I can make a truly authentic throwaway wand gag, I'm appreciating their way of thinking. Living with them all is Sabrina's cousin Ambrose, a male witch who dresses flamboyantly, even for the 60s, and often helps Sabrina when things go awry. Sabrina... Harvey, Hilda, Zelda, Salem and Ambrose, along with the Riverdale gang, formed the cast of the 1970 Filmation cartoon. And once something is on TV, there's no turning back. And so when Sabrina gets her own comic in 1971, this is the cast and the style that remains until 1983. The comic incorporates the same origin for Sabrina as in the cartoon. She's the result of a spell of her aunts gone wrong when they accidentally knock some quote-unquote girly things into the cauldron. Like some sort of magic Powerpuff Girl. The cartoon also had a spin-off show, The Groovy Ghoulies, about a group of horror monster comedy characters. You know, comedy cartoon Dracula, werewolf, Frankenstein, that kind of thing. These days, the Ghoulies are a drug-dealing gang on Riverdale, not horror monsters. Even though that sounds like the most Riverdale thing. When needed, the comics introduce a never-ending supply of other cousins for Sabrina. Ah, so she's an Irish witch. There's groovy cousins Sylvester and Bert, cousin Al the Midnight Cowboy, and evil cousin Tom, who Sabrina murders. There's no story progression during this period. You can pick up any issue and find some cute shorts about magical goofs. Shorts as cute as the ones I sleep in. Sabrina uses her magic to make food taste bad, change her clothes, make someone good at sports or at playing an instrument, and murdering an evil cousin who wants her inheritance. It's not hard to see why she had an instant and long-lasting appeal. There were teen hijinks in comics at this time, and some superhero sidekicks, but in Sabrina, the stories are My magic powers are working in reverse! A cursed witch trapped inside that Christmas tree is ruining the season! And... What if my friends realise that I'm different? She predates the archetype of the teenage superhero who is different and powerful, but also wants to fit in and live a normal life. However, she's bound to make a mess of it all. This week's episode is sponsored by Black Cauldron, the potion-making delivery service. Have you found yourself stuck in a rut with your potion-making? and want to try turning those trespassing kids into something besides a mouse? Are you just starting your brain journey and want easy-to-follow instructions written by experts as well as celebrity practitioners? Maybe you're just too busy working, child-rearing and maintaining your sanity to brew your partner's weekly love potion. Black Cauldron is the answer to your problems. They'll deliver to you the precise ingredients needed for over 1,000 potions. They'll arrive to you pre-portioned with exactly what you need. So no more buying a whole kilo of Eye of Newt just to use a teaspoon and let the rest rot in a cupboard. Deliveries are seven days a week by owl and are sent in self-cooling bags to preserve ingredients. 
Broomstick Express service is available for those days when the village mob just won't take a hint and leave you be. You can adapt your plan to suit your needs, from 2 to 10 recipes per lunar cycle, or upgrade to their special coven plan for extra savings per serving. You can choose from a wide variety of plans, such as basic brews, crucial concoctions, international infusions, or potent preparations. It will make your potion life all hubble-bubble with no toil or trouble. Visit blackcauldron.com for more information. You can use code COMIC at checkout for £10 off your first order. The 1996 Sabrina sitcom starring Melissa Joan Hart made a few updates and modernizations to the status quo, which fed through to a new comic book series. Sabrina is now half-mortal, the daughter of a witch father and mortal mother. Her aunts become more contemporary and kooky and dress as we poor mortals do. Which for the time meant a lot of dubious bootcut jeans and crochet knee-length cardigans. Salem is now a witch who was turned into a black cat as a punishment for attempting world domination. Which doesn't feel like much of a punishment, because cats already act like they own everything anyway. Sabrina is finally given the surname Spellman. Assumedly before this, she was enrolled in school as Sabrina Fetinich Witch. It's Dutch. Sabrina also shifts from being one of the worldliest, wisest characters orbiting Riverdale to someone who comes across a little weird and ditzy because of her magical distractions. In January of 2000, the comic shifted to replicate a new animated series, which followed Sabrina's adventures in middle school. This time in the new fictional town of Greendale. Queen of the Goblins, Repulsa, zaps Sabrina into the past. And now, because she's not 16 yet, she has no magic of her own, and she has to borrow spells from her aunts. There's a genie in a cookie jar. Enchantra, the queen of witches and head of the witches' council. And even spookier and more rare for Archie comics, a person of colour. Sabrina's best friend, Chloe. Eventually, Enchantra fixes the time stream, allowing Sabrina to be a teenager again. It's at this point that, as well as studying what mitosis is, she also enrolls in charm school. Get it? To help her grow into a stronger witch. Full on, school uniform, we know you all love Harry Potter, charm school. The cast expands to include a couple of new friends and a new potential love interest, Shinji Yagami. All this increased adventure and love quadrangling makes 2004 the perfect time for a manga-inspired makeover from cartoonist Tanya Del Rio. It was a little more serious in tone, and for once, continuity heavy. This series ended in 2009, and whilst Sabrina shows up in various Archie comics in the years after, there hasn't been an ongoing regular Sabrina the Teenage Witch comic since. Which is a shame, because we're excited to see the tribulations of Generation Z Sabrina. Put mortal locks? Only I could use a charm. Hey, you're the new girl, right? Better to be that than the girl who still couldn't get her locker open after three years. Oh yeah, th there's a knack to him, alright. Hang on. Thanks. Didn't you just move here into the old funeral home? You must be real brave. Everyone around here says it's been haunted for decades. <laughs> well, lucky for us, ghosts aren't real. And we definitely don't have to perform monthly hexes to keep spirits at bay. Because witches aren't real either. What? What? Um... Sabrina Spellman. Harvey. Kinkle. Let me introduce you to the gang. Hey gang, this is... Yeah, I defa already know who Sabrina is. I've been stalking your socials to figure out your deal. For reals, your snaps are so cute. 
You found my Snapchat? Found, hacked, whatevs. That one where you had tiny goblins messing up your hair was wild. I've never seen that filter before. Filter? Oh, yeah. I guess it was a location-specific one. And I adore your cat's Insta account. How'd you get him posts like that for you? Yep, I run that account. There's no way he's doing it by himself. If he could do that, he'd be stupidly drawing attention to himself. Sabrina, you're a riot. That's such a cute fanny pack. Where did you get it? Don't you love it? It was a wish deal. You can summon things too? We're not supposed to let them know. Everyone knows about the app these days. So, uh, how are you settling in, Sabrina? Okay, but I already have to redo my history essay. Oh yeah, I got a D because apparently I needed to do more research and listen to Hamilton. And what about you? The plagiarism software said there was an 80% chance my essay was actually written by Abraham Lincoln. Which is so weird, because I certainly didn't summon his spirit and have him write my homework for me. (laughs) Yeah, me either. Starting at the end of 2014, Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, Robert Hack and Jack Morelli started creating the chilling adventures of Sabrina. A new horror title reimagining the origins of Sabrina, following on from the success of Afterlife with Archie, a zombie horror book set in Riverdale. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is a dark period piece set in the 1960s, which meshes a lot of the Sabrina continuity, which had developed over the decades. Salem is a cursed witch, and Hilda and Zelda dress innocuously, but Ambrose and Rosalind have returned to be part of the supporting cast. Sabrina is still half witch, half mortal but she is horrifically removed from her mother's care and given to the coven. Her father is cruelly punished for some of his past misdeeds and trapped inside of a tree. However, it's not a Christmas tree and he doesn't pull pranks. Sabrina is about to turn 16 and will have to choose to officially enter into a contract with her lord and master, Satan himself. It's a darker book. It's presented like growing up in an overly strict religious family that enforces dogma and leads to kids keeping secrets and making rash decisions. It has all the line and mistrust of Arthur Miller's The Crucible. And yes, it's aware of the irony. Definitely gay amateur witches Betty and Veronica accidentally resurrect Sabrina's father's scorned ex-lover, Eola. Otherwise known as Madam Satan based on an old Archie Comics, then MLJ Comics character who would seduce men into giving their souls to Satan. Comics were a lot different before the public outcry against them, including MLJ Comics. And after six issues, those stories were replaced by the introduction of Archie Andrews. Reborn, Madam Satan is determined to punish Sabrina and manipulate those in her life as revenge for mistreating her. And this is what the new Netflix show is based on. So maybe don't watch it late at night. Sabrina may have gone through some changes over the years, but her central dilemma has almost always remained. Just how can a witch cope at a mortal high school? Some ghosts, but spooks and werewolves don't. Bother. 
bother me most I can shrug off a hag trying to put me in a trance but the scariest thing is my first school dance at the witch dance by my teenage beau and I want to fit in so I said I'd go like all the kids I worried what to wear but they don't have a witch's hat messing up their hair my aunts thought this was a wacky notion and worried I drunk some sort of potion they grounded me and ordered stay in your room but I flew out of the window on my witch's broom the witch dance, I hope you did her hair, cause now done is the pair. At the witch dance, is her day totally here, cause he's under a spell. I arrived and thought someone cast a mirage, when I saw Harvey standing there with a corsage. Then I goofed and gabbed and started to stammer because I wasn't used to this kind of glamour. Salem held me back and said, kid, I'll kill ya if I see anyone else getting overly familiar. So instead I kept the party feeling alive by inviting everyone to do the one jive. Because I only want, I want to cuddle with my favourite muggle. This episode of Comic Book Classroom was written by Michael Eckett and Amy Garvey and is produced by Robin Harmon. Music is written and performed by the Sheridans. Our logo was created by Blair Inglis. New episodes come out monthly and you can subscribe to them on Apple Podcasts or your podcast supplier of choice. For more information and to see what we're up to, you can find us on Twitter at Comic Book Class, on Instagram at comicbook underscore classroom, and you can email us at classroomcomicbook at gmail.com. Join us next time on Comic Book Classroom as we stick to Miles Morales, the ultimate Spider-Man.